Sound effects in this podcast is brought to you by Festlian Studios, BattleBars.com, and Pro Sound, and some of them are made by the Dungeon Master himself. This show is R-rated, so everybody be advised. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. My name is John and I am your host and Dungeon Master in this podcast. Welcome to Nordic D&D, the Ariana Saga. You have reached episode 11. Now if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I recommend you start with session 0 of season 1. To know everything about how we do this podcast, because it is a bit different. Anyway, in this episode, we're gonna follow back to Hunter, played by Marston Rajan, and Kettle, played by Bastian Mergenberg. Last session they were in Skyre, now they're gonna go back to Bliss after taking over the harbors. But before we get to that, let's take a little stop at Camp Lore. As you come to Camp Lore, a young elf has come a long way in search for his grandfather. The grandfather is known through all the lands to be the smartest elf alive. And for some time now, this young elf has been picking his brain to get enlightened about the affairs of Ariana. There they are, conversing. Grandfather, there's one thing I've been meaning to ask you. It's referring to kingdoms of Ariana. How many are there? Well, there are actually seven kingdoms, boy. Seven? Can you tell me about them? Sure, boy. Let's start with the kingdoms of the dwarves. The first kingdom you'll find in the island of Beltrock, north of the island of Morrow. And the other is in the west lands of Ariana, called Ironstone. The elves also have two kingdoms. Both are located in the west side of Ariana, in the lands there. One is in the forest-covered lands of Selene. It is a larger kingdom. And the other is on the other side of the mountain spine, in the lands of Lysna. The humans as well also have three kingdoms. One more than the dwarves and the elves. One is on the island of Morrow, and one is on the lands of Gadian, or as some call it, the land of God. The last is on the Arcanian island, given to the wizards and sorcerers. There is a human colony there as well, who recognized the island as a human kingdom. But it is given to the wizards and the sorcerers, and the kingdom of man is not forced so much there. But, it also contains the cursed lands of Vilra. The place we talked about, where the Necro-Vilra battle occurred. The place is so plagued with sickness and foul inheritance to those who can actually live there. But most things die. It is the very core of the hatred of the Vilra Inquisition. And welcome back from Camp Lore. If you like awesome sound effects, guys, be sure to check out our affiliate link down below to get to BattleBards.com.
on Battle of Arts to help you make your game come so much more alive. Like you're actually captured in a real or cap. Sound effects are brought to you by BattleBards.com. And if you want sound effects like this, then go to our homepage at nordicdnd.podbean.com or our YouTube channel. Take the link to BattleBards.com. And it's time to go back to the main event, the Dungeons and Dragons game of the Ariana Saga. We're gonna follow Marstein Rajen playing Hunter and Bastian Mergenberg playing Kettle. Last session they have closed the harbors of Skyre. They have convinced the people to join the Slaveling Rebellion and have all traveled to Bliss. We are coming close to the point where we're going to venture into a new flashback where we're gonna learn about why the animosity between the Kingdom of Vash and our heroes even began. Stay tuned, people. Before we start, guys, I want to apologize for the quality of the recordings in some places when you hear me speak the Dungeon Master in this game. Luckily, you can hear Marston and Bastian good, but some places it's hard to hear me because the quality of the microphone seems to fall a bit off from where I'm sitting, and I apologize. In episode 8, we followed Kettle and Hunter as they locked down the harbors of Skyre and stopped King Vash's men from coming and gathering resources. They have convinced the people of Skyre to join the Freedom Rebellion. They have left their livelihood and have traveled all the way over to Bliss. Luckily, there were no encounters on the way and everybody has come to Bliss safely. We should probably consider gathering more resources now if we are going to uh, to sustain um, or and feed people. Yeah. So I we agree. we need we need to figure out a way to make money and out out of game speech as far as I know, Crypt of Crystal wasn't that the place where the money was. That was the yeah according to Tom. Resource, yeah. There was a lot of gold in there. Check. It was recommended. It was actually Hadarai who recommended it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's gonna have to go without him. Yeah. We can drag his <laughs> his limp body. <laughs> oh, I can put him in the, a bag of holding, and just, you just have to pull him out every ten minutes. <laughs> Let me remind you what the players are talking about. The elven monk Hadurai had fallen sick before heroes were to venture into Skyr. They found out he was carrying some kind of crystal. A soul catalyst. It has been sucking the life energy out of Hadarai, and his body could not stand anymore, and he fell into a coma. So far, Hadarai has not gained consciousness as of yet. So guys, when you are getting close to Bliss, and it's been a long journey from Skyr, you are greeted by a known elf called Vissa Highland. You remember him to be the guardian of the entrance of Bliss. A individual which Kedal knows very well. Did yeah, we take some sword? 
Mr. Highland, did we take some sort of rest while we were, yeah, we were gone a couple of days, right? Yeah, sure, you've been gone for days. It took you a long time to get to here, so of course you've been rested. Yeah. We rested on the way. Yes, yeah. great. Yeah, Mr. Highland. Yeah, he's just standing there greeting you as you come. And this time you didn't have to be so thoroughly checked because he knew you, Kedal, of course, first of all, but now he's met Hunter and knows him intimately, intimately as well. And he reels to you and tells you that all the people who were walking in front of you have now arrived to Blizzard and waiting inside. And Taogram has called for you and he wants to debrief and have a discussion about how your trip ventured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as you are about to take your leave to go to Taugrim, you hear a sound coming from somewhere on your body. Mm-hmm. And you find uh, a letter in that magic bottle that you got from the Dwarven Sorcerer back in Rockway. Now, I don't remember who, who of you uh, has the bottle. I have it. Okay, cool. So Hunter has the letter. And as you, you hear the sound, you look at your side and you see that there's a letter sticking out of the bottle. Oh, cool. Um, I'm going to take the letter out and... Okay, cool. The letter says as follows. Dear friends, Strongjaw sends his regards and is glad to hear of his new allies. It wants to give his thanks for the aid of getting the dwarves out of Rockway. You have earned his respect. If you are true to the call and really are freelings, what do you plan to do to help the halflings? To become free and maybe help the dwarves win a war on human tyranny. Let our plans align. Signed, the old father, Strongjaw. Then I assume we'll just write on this piece of paper and put it back in the bottle. He, they never really explained how it works. Well, but, you, yeah, yeah. But doesn't that seem? Uh, <laughs> is, it seems it seems rational to do. Yeah. So. Okay. Um. Well, then I flip the paper over and I start writing. And I write, um, Hello, uh, as we agreed with the other dwarves, uh, we would go to, we have gone to Bliss and started a little rebellion over here. We have already taken down two towns. We're gonna uh, get some funds, funds and, 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 uh, mobilize an army on this on this side of the island for hopefully distracting the king uh, enough that you could make a proper invasion on the east side of Moro. maybe uh, the, the thing about if we see him or see his army increase over here then we'll let them know and that will be an opportune time to strike yes I write that if we see his army over here we will let you know, so you know that it will be a good time to strike. I'm not a good writer. <laughs> Sincerely. <laughs> oh yeah, you shouldn't sign it because if it gets intercepted. Yeah, we should use code names. Yeah, big A. Uh, then I roll it up and stick it back in the bottle, and hopefully it will disappear. And as soon as you put the paper in the bottle, <laughs> it disappears. Perfect. So yeah, right before you are to enter uh, Taurogrim's tent, you are greeted by two elves, uh, Berrien and uh, Yurathan, the two scouts who went with you to Skyre and uh, scouted area uh, in front of you. They, agree- they greet you and they're happy of your safe return and asks if you were followed by any way on the way here to Bliss. Uh, don't think so. No, no, no problem. No, no problem. Uh, as far as we know. Right, perfect. Taurogrim is ready to see you now. 
He's right there in the tent. And as you are to enter the tent, he actually comes out to greet you. Hunter, Kedal, welcome back to Bliss. I see your mission went well. Many of the people of Skyr have arrived. They're being settled in. Come, join me in my tent. And Tawakrim escorts you into his tent. He points at a table set up for you guys and says, Here, lads, let's sit down and have a drink. Now let's talk about your trip. There was a large Goliath with the crowd. Can you tell me a bit about him? Not much, per se. He seems cool. Uh, he helped us uh, take care of uh, the guards in Skyr. Uh, and he definitely seems like he's on our side. So you're not sure? Well, I mean, can you ever be sure? Well, if he's not on our side, it would be... I can't, I can't, I can't figure out a way that would be... Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he, he... The worst scenario here would be that he spying or trying to infiltrate but he's not because if he were then uh, he wouldn't have agreed to overthrow and especially not agreed to uh, to ambush a ship because that would be contradictory to his own well especially if he, if he wanted to contact uh, Nash he wouldn't have an have a way of doing so because contacting him would either be by way of ship or overland and uh, he sort of cut off one of those opportunities for himself. So I don't think he's going to uh, spy on us or anything like that. He helped us uh, in our endeavors, but as Hunter said, you can never be sure. So just keep an active eye on them, but but please be, be kind and also uh, make sure that they get food and stuff. They've already been given food and are eating as we speak. Okay. As you know, boys, I just want the people of Bliss to be safe. But I've been speaking with a halfling that came with you, named Eric. He spoke highly of Hainus and said he was to thank for his safety. Oh, okay. Eric also mentioned that he was the reason that Eric and the halflings were safe there, and even a dragonborn was safe from the Vilra Inquisition. So he does have a good name to him. I just want to ask you to be sure what your thoughts were. Hainus seemed very legitimately interested in, in supporting the cause, but it's just to make sure because just keep an eye on newcomers yeah, you as, as you use, you never know. But but please also don't restrict them or detain them or anything because they helped us, so they should just be able to live freely. Agreed. Tawagrim then frowns a little bit and gets this concerning look in his eyes. Referring to your friend Hadurai, he's been slipping in and out of a coma and has no strength right now. He'll need more rest before he will be able to help you. Mm. Tawagrim then walks over to his chair and sits down. He puts on his glasses and looks at you, Hunter. The wizard says, magi has come, like we spoke of earlier, Hunter. Mm -hmm. He's taken a look at Hadurai and has aided him with herbalism. But he said it's really important that he gets some rest until his system has completely absorbed the herbs. He'll stay the night. If you want him to take a look at your situation, Hunter. What about the portal? Is that fixed? No. No, it's not fixed. And that's a shame. Because we need the funds more now than ever. Hmm. But we're working hard on it. Where should we go now, then? Well, first things first. You guys need to rest after such a long journey. And we'll meet up the day after. Sure. But where are... Just to... Uh, but what what town should we... Well, there's the big town down the, down the southeast. The heroes then walk over to Tarogrim's table where he has his map lined out. Searching it out, pointing to areas that we were talking about earlier. Where to go. 
Canthron, the town. Where is that? Uh, what was that called? Suddenly Taugrim looks at him. Seems like they're ignoring his command to go and rest. He wants their attention. He coughs. <clears throat> the town you're referring to is called Morrowtown West. That's where the general we spoke of is, and he's the biggest threat. Hunter then just looks at Taugrim, grins a little bit, ignoring his reaction, and says, uh, But we probably need a bigger army to take care of that. What about Desert Rock? Desert Rock End? What is that? Is that, uh... That is a desolate place. No one lives there. Oh, okay. But we still have the last harbor to the north in Camp Thran. Hmm. Taugrim then points on his map to the north side of Westmorrow. There. Okay. King Vash ships the slaves that way, and it is there the soldiers come to shore and change stations on the guard towers overlooking the barren lands of Midmorrow and Morrowtown West. Maybe that should be our next target. Last we spoke, that was part of the plan. Okay, to make it harder for him. Yes. It'll be much more difficult for Vash to do anything over in Westmorrow. Anyway, Hunter, when you're ready, the Magi will see you. Okay. Yeah. But I will leave you now. There's something I must do. Then all of them get up and leave the tent. Tolgrim has gone. They agreed now to take a minute to rest after a long journey to Skyr. Kettle walks around the town of Bliss, reminding of his home, just taking it all in, a moment of peace. Hunter also walks around Bliss, just taking a look at the town in a way that he hadn't before. He didn't have time the last moment he was here. Then a messenger comes up to Hunter and says, Hunter, Togrim has asked for you. He wants to have an intimate talk with you before you are to meet the Magi. Meet him back in his tent. Hunter then walks back over to Togrim's tent. He enters. Come in, rest, and have a drink with me. Let's bond and build some trust. Now don't take this the wrong way, Hunter. But of all the races I know, tieflings are some of the ones least known to me. And rumors say that tieflings live for the gain of power, so I was very skeptical when you first arrived. But Kettle seems to trust you. And I must say, when you told me that you wanted to get rid of your curse instead of harvesting its power, I was relieved, for I know the dangers of lycanthropy. And I was about to ask you to leave Bliss to ensure the safety of our people. But Kettle assures me you and him have it under control and know how to handle it. And now you want to start a rebellion and become a freeling. I must say the rumors were very wrong about this tiefling. And you have earned my interest. So let's bond. Tell me, how did you come to know Hadurai? And how did you come to be a part of the king's court? Well... You know, I, um, I lived in Angel's Bliss since I was a small child. I, I wasn't rich at all. I, I lived in the streets and I had to do what I had to do to survive. So I got in with some other kids and uh, we started stealing foods and uh, they taught me how to, to entertain people uh, while we picked their pockets. Uh, luckily my dad had trained me from a young age on how to be a skilled archer. So I would do trick shots on the streets and, uh, and while my comrades would pickpocket people. Uh, 
One day when I was uh, entertaining on the streets, uh, a guy named uh, Taron saw my skill and he was very fascinated by it. Uh, so he uh, took me in, introduced me to the carnival and I traveled uh, with them for many years. In the carnival I was known as the Horned Hunter. Uh, obviously I don't have horns in real life, but town made me a helmet to make me look even more demonic than I was. And uh, I lived well off this uh, for many years. So, but then at some point I felt like I had traveled enough with the carnival. I needed to see the world for myself. So I left and uh, I also left my stage name behind and just called myself Hunter. Well, after I've been traveling for a couple of years, I was actually on my way back to Angel's Bliss. Um, and I have, on the road I, I heard some fighting uh, and I thought, hey, I could be entertained right now, so I, I joined in and I killed the people who seemed to be attacking the other people. There were six men against two elves. The two elves were doing somewhat good, but uh, I thought, hey, I'll help them out. Uh, the fight didn't take that long, because I'm awesome. So, and the elves were very happy to see me, they introduced themselves as Hatterai, the monk. And Victor, a surprisingly buff barbarian elf. Uh, they thanked me a lot, like they were so grateful. And they said they were also on the way to Angel's Bliss, so I thought I'll join up. Uh, they told me about the whole royal invitation they had gotten, and that sounds cool. I could meet the king. Uh, so I, yeah, I joined in and uh, I showed them around Angel's Bliss, knowing it as well as I do. So walking around Angel's Bliss, my new friends instantly saw how famous I was around here. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they were quite impressed with me. They started telling me about how they were actually supposed to have another friend with them to see the king. I'm like, oh, that sounded interesting. How did he look like? And they luckily had a wanted poster with his face on it. So I changed my appearance, as I can, uh, to look just like this guy called Sova. And then, hey, let's go see the king. What was your goal in joining them and risk sitting there as an imposter? And I didn't really have a goal to do it. I was kind of bored and I thought, hey, the king should have the honor of meeting Hunter as well. And that's how you became a member of the king's court? Well, yeah, kind of, that is. <laughs> I mean, of course, there's a bit more to that story. Honestly, it did not take them that long to figure out that I was not so one. I mean, uh, not that I, I'm not a smooth talker and I usually sound like anybody, um, anybody that I want, but I thought I'll just re reveal myself so they know that they're actually talking to the hunter. So that's how they found out. So, but the, the, the king obviously was happy that I was now a part of this group and uh, he had a, actually had a mission for them. So he thought, that would be awesome if I could uh, join as well, because uh, it would probably make it a lot easier. The, the two elves thought that it was a bad idea for me to uh, to join, because obviously they've never heard of me before. Uh, so they, I think they underestimated how good I am in a fight. And I thought, 
I need some adventure. It's been born a couple of years, so and and, and we're doing it for the king. So I think I will join and uh, I'll show them how a real adventurer handles himself. What was the quest? So I mean, the mission was not much of a mission. It was more like a test. We we later found out. Um, but uh, we, were to, we had to retrieve some furs and the head of a brown bear, an owl bear, and a weaver that we later found out was this uh, Richard von Nash. I see. So you were in fact sanctioned by the king himself to kill Richard von Nash. Yes, we were. None of us knew who Richard was or his political stance at the time. So <sighs> I really had no opinion on the slave issue at that time. I've been used to it. Uh, living with it my whole life. So even if I had known who Richard was, probably wouldn't have changed much. We had a job and it was for the king and we were gonna do it. I have uh, seen the king for what he is now and uh, if I'd known back then I probably wouldn't have done it. So on the way between uh, Angel's Bliss to Fourway, uh, we passed the sign that said Plague. It looked old and we thought it's probably not valid anymore, so we took a chance and went through. Uh, we came by a pile of skeleton remains, and we kind of tried to uh, to take the uh, get as far away from them as possible, and we assumed it wouldn't be affected. But we later found out that it had affected me at least to some degree, uh, and I would start getting a little bit sick at times. But not so severely that I couldn't continue. And so, but anyways, we uh, we went on the quest and we ran into uh, King Vash's nephew in in Forway. I heard that the king's nephew did something to upset the king and was sent into exile. Have you uh, have you heard what he did? No, I have not. Well, we came to Forway and uh, we had to. Uh, we stopped to uh, have a rest, and uh, we went to eat and sleep in the, the inn. The rumor was that they had a very famous stew there, and uh, of course we're gonna have to try it. And was it any good? I, w- I would like to say no, but it was actually not bad. It was uh, quite delicious. Why do you say it like that? Well, the town had some issues uh, that we looked into to make some extra money. There had been people disappearing from uh, from Gnome Hill, uh, obviously gnomes. And we uh, we found out that it was actually the, the people of Four Way Inn who had been kidnapping the gnomes, uh, killing them and putting them in the stew. So we killed the butcher who owned the inn and uh, he had a helper who, who, who sadly got away. So we, uh, we, we told King Vash's nephew, the general, about what had been going on, and he did not seem as shocked as uh, you would expect him to. And then uh, later we found out that one of his soldiers named Beno had actually told him before what was going on and he had uh, just been ignoring it. We uh, we had a long talk with the soldier and and he obviously did not like the general and then he advised us to be careful around him because and he was a bit of a bastard. Um, so the, the town of Forway has a, a large standing army and the general is controlling them. So his uh, his word is is basically it in that town. He decides everything that's going on. Uh, but 
we kind of let it go. We, we got our money and uh, we moved on. So you did not find out what the general had done to provoke the king then? Yes, we did, but for the sake of context, we will get back to that later. Uh, as I said, we were we were going on with our mission. We went north and to where we had been told Richard was, in Oak Village. Ah, yes, Oak Village. That's where he was when I had written to him. He almost got the entire village turned from being slavelings to becoming freelings. A task never heard of before in East Morrow. That is most likely why Vash wanted his head. Yeah, he had tried to do that for some time. There were wanted posters and reward signs all over the place. Uh, that made him uh, look like the beast he had become and uh, made a game out of getting him killed. No one knew or remembered him uh, as, uh, as a, a successful freeling, including us. Uh, King Vash had killed his name and reputation. Well, we do. But tell me, did you find out how he became that beast? In our search to find Richard, we went to his old estate that put a wall all around him and his house was completely destroyed. And uh, the house next to it, uh, that turned out to be an uh, old slave camp, had also been completely torn apart. We searched uh, through the houses and we found the skeleton remains. First we actually thought it was Richard, uh, but we found it strange that if he was dead, why would there still be a hunt out for his head? We, then we, after some more investigating, we found out that it was actually not Richard, but an assassin who had uh, tried to kill Richard and failed. We found a letter on the assassin. Uh, that was, it was in pretty bad shape. Uh, but what we were able to read, we could see that, uh, that, the, that the assassin had been hired by a guy named Gregory. Uh, we then went straight to uh, the, the innkeeper who we knew was called Gregory and we kicked the door in and accused him of, uh, of murdering uh, Richard von Nash and apparently he had no idea what was going on and we found out that he was not the only Gregory in town there was a, a new uh, slave trading place and the owner was also named Gregory Vicker. So we stormed there and kicked the door in. We accused him of killing Van Nash, and he apparently did not know anything about it either. And then we were like, oh, please stop the innocent act. Clearly you had something to, to lose to the freeling who broke your old slave trading place. It turned out this old slave trading place wasn't his. And he was actually new in town. Uh, we, we drilled him pretty good, uh, but it was not him. Damn, the innkeeper must have lied to us. So we decided to go back and give him another visit. On our way we came by a small magic shop called the Magic Herb. I had been feeling more sick from the, the plague we met earlier and I thought I would go in and see if I can get something to sort it out. There was an old lady behind the desk uh, by the name of Lillian Thorne. She was, uh, you know, creepy. And she took me out back and did some tricks on me, and I actually felt a lot better. We started talking about Richard. Uh, she was quite sure that he was not dead, which we had already figured out. But uh, she told me about a, th a third Gregory, and then things fell into place. Apparently the innkeeper had a son named Gregory Hunt Jr. 
The innkeeper just failed to mention that. What a bastard. So we paid Lillian and hurried on our way. Uh, she, for some reason, looked funny at the corns, and uh, she uh, bit into one of them, and it actually bent like copper. We were in shock. Like, what the... That damn General Foray has given us that gold. He was gonna regret that. Of course, Lillian also got angry at us. She, uh, we assured us that we had there was... We had not swindled her on purpose, and we gave her some real gold, uh, so she would not be uh, mad and put a curse on us or something like that. We all agreed that we were gonna stop by Fourway on the way back and make the general pay. So we went to Gregory Hunt Jr., who was a tailor. This time we went it a bit more quietly because apparently some people was looking for us after we broke down the door of the innkeeper. Um, but we grabbed him and accused him of his attempt on killing Richard von Nash, and he admitted it right away. It was quite easy. Um, but he assured us that he did not know of his state, and he had lost everything to the freedom. And we asked, what state? That he was a werebear? He said, Yes, I swear, don't hurt me, I didn't know the assassin was a werebear. Richard never had showed signs of being a werebear before I sent the assassin after him. But I had to do something. He was destroying my business. I... It was only after I found out I had hired a cursed outcast assassin. No wonder he was so cheap. He didn't even manage to get the job done. Somehow Richard knew it was me. After the failed attempt, I heard a loud growl and smashing. He was destroying his own house, and mine was right next to his. I fled in fear to the guard's tower close at home. There I saw him smashing my house and my slave trade shop. All the halflings escaped into the wildleaf forest. Richard followed. He was bad for business before, but I was ruined now. But at least he did not kill me. We were thinking of turning Gregory Hahn Jr. into the local guards, but since there, there was now a price on Richard's head, uh, the assassination attempt was kind of void. Uh, he probably wouldn't get uh, charged for it. So we left to continue our own hunt to find the werebear in Wildleaf Forest. After about a day's trip, we came to a place familiar to Hatterai. It was uh, his old training place from when he, he was a kid. It was a beautiful place. There were stone pillars, large and small. There was grass and trees all mingled together. There were some high platforms of stone on top of the pillars and old bridges covered in trees. But after a closer look among the high grass and plant life, it was clear there had been a fight here many years ago. There were still weapons and skeleton remains of soldiers lying on the ground among the grass. And some of the training areas were, was broken down. By the look of Hatterite, this place meant something to him. So we gave him a few minutes when... Hunter is talking to Tauregrim about what happened prior to them meeting in Bliss. 
What Hunter did not witness when they were on the hunt for Richard von Nash in the Wildly Forest is what went on with Hadurai when he gave him a minute of peace in his old training grounds. Hadurai wandered for some minutes looking at skeleton remains of the ones who came here and took everything away from him and killed his master. His eyes started to tear up and he clutched his fist in anger and suddenly heard a man calling out to him. Hadurai? Is, is that you? Hadurai looked with surprise and noticed a familiar face. One he had not seen for a long time. Hadurai, I don't know if you remember me, but I was a dear friend of your master. We were in the same order before he hid here in the forest. Before the Mountain King had us all killed. Hadurai, I am all that is left. And I see your master would have been proud and happy to see that you made it out alive as well. But Hadurai, I must be quick. I live in hiding. If anyone found out I was alive, they would have me killed. I have in all these years been trying to find a way to avenge the death of our order and to avenge your master, Hadurai my dear friend, but it has seemed impossible until now seeing you alive. Oh, this fills me with joy. Tell me, do you want to avenge your master as well? Hadurai nodded his head and said, More than anything. Good. Good, this is good. I have found means. I must be honest, Hadurai. I found out you were alive some time ago and have been watching you. Your master trained you good. If you keep it up, you will earn a name for yourself. And if luck finds us, you will get to meet the Mountain King. Then we can have some revenge. Hadurai's eyes became larger. The man said, I know what you're thinking, Hadurai. Killing the King of Kings in his own palace seems impossible, but I have found a way. So no one will see it coming, and no one will know who did it. Take this, and Hadurai is given a vial. It contains a poison designed to instantly kill the Mountain King. It is made specifically for him. I've been carrying it for a long, long time, because it is near impossible to get that close to him. But I have found a way, and he gives Hadurai a key. This Hadurai is a key to enter the tomb of Count Cristo de Vile. Inside, there is a vast amount of gold, but one thing more important, a ring, a magic item. It gives the bearer the ability to punch with a fiery force and give extra damage. But that is not what we're interested in. We want its true power hidden inside the ring. Inside it lies the power to stop time 
itself. Though for only a few seconds, it is all we will need. If you break the glass seal that hides its power, time itself will stop. Hadara, you must get that ring. Earn your way into the Mountain King's halls, break the seal of the ring, and stop time. Then you walk up to the king and stick the needle side of the poison vial into the Mountain King and return to your former place and no one will know it was you and we will finally have our revenge for the fall of our order for the death of your master as they speak a raven flies over to his shoulder look Hadurai, look for my raven then you know I am close but there are things I must do the plan is set in motion and I will contact you again for now, Hadurai, go back to your friends and continue your path. Earn a name for yourself. Go to the tomb of Cristo de Vile. Get the ring. And retribution will be ours. And then he left Hadurai, who got back to Victor and Hunter, who knew nothing of this meeting. When they were in the wildlife forest, in the hunt for Richard von Nash. Well, 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 Hadurai, are you planning something? Anyway, guys, this is where we're going to stop this week's episode. We have reached the second of the third flashbacks in this series. Hunter is in bliss talking to Taugrim and telling him about what has happened before they arrived in bliss. We're going to continue this segue next week, guys. Thank you for the day. Be sure to give us a review, leave a comment, tell us what you think, guys, and see you next week. Goodbye.